You're listening to a podcast of the Sunday morning message from Grace Christian Church in the city of Cork on the beautiful south coast of Ireland. We hope and pray that it will be a blessing to you. I'm going to preach today. Well, it's about how in your life and in mine, anyone who's spiritual, every believer in Jesus Christ on our journey, as my mother-in-law always says, the road doesn't go like that. The road goes like that. So how do you and I cope? How do we get through? And more than that, how do we actually have the right frame of mind and the right heart as a Christian when things get rough or when things happen and we don't understand it? So I can remember my grandfather, Michael Murray was his name, down in West Cork. And every time anyone mentioned the name of Dublin, he would launch into that song, The Rocky Road to Dublin. It came to a point where nobody would mention the D word or we'd be subjected to the song uh, again. But it was all about how if you were to travel from Cork to Dublin way back then, when he was young in the 1920s, it was a terrible, long, rocky road. It was an awful ordeal. And a bit similar to the Beatles song, sometimes in our lives, what we're going through can feel long. It can feel challenging, and it can seem quite difficult. I want to look today at what I call the promise keeper, part one. I'll do part two next Sunday. And it's based on Genesis 22. Should say Cafe Church, welcome. I know you're joining us on live stream. Hope you're enjoying your, enjoying your pan au chocolat and your croissants. Meanwhile, up in the center up here, we're really spiritual. We don't need cake to entice us into church. We come to church because we have passion in our heart. Who'll say amen? Hope you enjoyed that dig now, lads. <laughs> anyway, missing, good to have you in, guys. Good to have you in. So I'm going to look at Genesis 22. Many of you will know the story. Those of you who've come to faith recently, it possibly will be new to you. This is the first book in the Bible, the book of Genesis. And this is about um, the patriarchs. The patriarchs, it's where we get the word patrimony. The fathers, if you will, of the Jewish faith. And out of the Jewish faith, the Christian faith, there were three of them. Anyone tell me their names? Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. So we're looking at the first two, Abraham and Isaac. Abraham, the father, and Isaac, the son. And this is something that some of you will know well, but I want to take a slightly different angle on it today. So it's the sacrifice of Isaac from Genesis 22, and Holy Spirit come and move in this place. Take down every wall that is against you and open our hearts, our souls, and our minds to what you want to say to us today. Whatever's of me, let it quickly be forgotten. But if it's from you, may it take root in our souls. In Jesus' name. Genesis 22. You can throw it on the screen in Cafe Church as well. This is an abridged version. The Lord said to Abraham, Take your son Isaac, who you love, and sacrifice him by fire on an altar. So Abraham traveled with Isaac to the place God had directed. And as they climbed that mountain, Isaac said, Father, 
we have firewood. But where is the lamb for the sacrifice? God will provide. Abraham replied. And they built the altar. And as Abraham put his son Isaac on it, a voice called from heaven, Don't hurt your son. Now I know that you will truly obey me. And just then a ram nearby got its horns caught in the bushes. So Abraham took the ram and sacrificed it in place of his son. And Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide. Hallelujah. This is one of those scriptures that just echoes in the heart of believers. And for me, it gives me great comfort to recognize what's going on here and to see it. What I find fascinating, looking right at the beginning, verse 2, God said, this is quite a unique um, command. The Lord never said this afterwards, and he will never ask anyone here to physically sacrifice a child. Would anyone say amen? amen. So if you're kind of new to all of this and you're going, oh, what kind of a cult is this? This was a unique situation and it's not going to be repeated, and it all worked out well anyway. So just put that to rest in your heart. Look at this. It says, take your son who you love and sacrifice him on an altar of fire. The first mention of love in the Bible wasn't romantic love. It was the love of a parent for a child. So this is the very first mention we have of love. And if your heart is right towards your child, if you have kids, it's a fierce love. We use that word in, in Cork particularly, fierce love. It's a fierce love. Abraham loved his son dearly. Loved his son dearly. And God gave him this challenge. Now, most of us who have children will know if you really want to get us, if the enemy really wants to destroy you, guess who he'll attack? Your children. It hurts us so deeply. And so here we have God saying to Abraham, Abraham, remember, was called the friend of God. A lovely man with a great faith in the Lord, a deep relationship with God, but a man with human failings. And so God tells him to take his son and sacrifice him on the altar. And when we read into it, I don't have time to go into there. We read that Abraham rose early in the morning to obey the Lord. And we're told that he traveled with Isaac to the place God directed. I keep thinking about this journey and I keep thinking because the Bible says it was a three-day journey and I keep thinking about this journey, talking about the rocky road to Dublin, the long and winding road. I keep thinking about Abraham faithfully taking this journey, wondering what's going to happen. Do you think he had feelings? Anyone think he didn't have any feelings? Can you imagine, because he had to go to bed for two of those nights at least, can you imagine what it felt like going to bed, waking up in the middle of the night? wonder did he have nightmares. 
And yet the Bible doesn't say anything about his feelings. Why? Because he walked by faith. It, he didn't walk by feelings. He didn't walk by sight. Abraham knew God. And during this testing season in his life, he walked by faith. It's not that we don't recognize the feelings that can come all over us. It, does, it doesn't mean that we don't handle them. But at the bottom line, you and I are called to walk a road of faith. And that supersedes our feelings. Because it's deeper than our feelings. Anyone say amen? amen. It really is deeper than any feeling. So Abraham travels with his son Isaac and he walked there by faith. Abraham didn't know how this was going to end, not really. Some of us here this morning are on a journey and we're in a situation and right now in your heart, that thing, that thing, that thing, you don't know how it's going to end. Abraham didn't, not really. And in the middle of it, as they climb up the mountain, Isaac asked his father, we have the firewood, where is the lamb for the sacrifice? This is the thing you see, when you and I are on a test or we're on a journey and the stuff going on in our lives and the people around us start asking questions and it starts getting confusing and Isaac wasn't deliberately trying to trip his father up or anything like that but he asked a legitimate question but it must have been such a, a piercing arrow through the heart of Abraham to hear his son ask that question when he knew in his heart and soul what God had asked him to do and yet again he didn't allow his feelings to take over and to dominate who he was he answered by faith and he said God will provide. In your life, God will provide. For that thing, that thing, God will provide. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He started this journey and he didn't know how it would end. And he knew that God had bought him this far. And even though he didn't really know how it would end, he knew that God had been faithful in the past, but now he was entering into a situation. He really didn't know what was going to happen. I'm sure his mind and his heart were all over the place, though his faith remained solid. And you know, in between those two realities are every man and woman who has a serious faith in God. That's where so many of us live regularly. You see, deep down in the maelstrom, in the storm that was going on in the soul of Abraham, he remembered the promise. And the promise from God before Isaac was born, many of you will know it, Genesis 17:19, we're told God said to Abraham, you and Sarah will have a son, you to call him Isaac, and I will make an everlasting promise to him and to his descendants. So, so if we can grasp what's going on here. Abraham knew God had given him a promise. And part of that promise was that Isaac would have descendants. Now, during this test that, I, that Abraham was going through, he didn't have any descendants. He was young yet. So 
Abraham had a promise, but the promise right now was sounding a bit hollow. The promise of God in his life, this great hope Abraham had, was beginning to get all foggy and mixed up. I wonder how many of us here today are right in that place. You've come here with a promise. You sense strongly that God has promised to do something or you know you've broken through in prayer, or maybe you've read the scripture and God has spoken to you through the scripture, or maybe some of those with a prophetic ministry have confirmed something that was going on in your heart and on and on and on and like that. There's a promise, but right now it seems foggy and you're wondering, is it going to go anywhere? What's going on with all of this? Here was Abraham's promise. Here was Abraham's promise. And where was the promise now? I just feel prophetically someone is here this morning and the promise is so foggy for you. And I feel the Holy Spirit is saying to you, hush. Quieten your soul. Trust the promiser. Take your eyes off the promise and lift your eyes to the promise keeper. Don't question. Not now. Abraham continues to obey and he brings his son to the altar in verse 11. And then a voice from heaven comes, don't hurt your son. Now I know you will truly obey me. So the Lord was never going to allow this to happen. And Abraham knew that deep down God had promised that Isaac would have descendants. So half of Abraham was going, God isn't going to do this. But then the other half of Abraham was going, I know I heard God's voice. I know I'm in a new reality. What's going to go on? And so he's torn between these two points of what is happening. Now he's come to the place where God has broken and said, no. You don't have to do it. Now I know you'll obey me. Do you know what was going on here? God wasn't trying to produce faith in Abraham. He wanted to reveal the faith that was in Abraham. It's a big difference. I'll go into it next week more. But he revealed the faith that was already in Abraham. And you know what? Abraham saw within himself that same faith revealed. It's like at times you and I have to go through a situation to really believe and to really know, I really do have the faith for this. I really do believe in the God who loves me. I really do. It's not just a feeling, it's far deeper. Far, far deeper. And so his son wasn't sacrificed. Many of you know the story. And then not just what we saw earlier where Abraham answered his son by faith about God providing, we're told that Abraham called that place Jehovah Jireh or Yahweh Jireh. God will provide. Charles mentioned it uh, as it happened in another uh, situation last Tuesday night. It was quite interesting because I'd been preparing this because the Lord sent a ram and so an animal was provided. And Abraham was going to say, in my life, I know God will provide. Hallelujah. 
I know he will. I can't work it out. On those three days and nights when Abraham was on that journey, do you think he was saying, I'm going to put Isaac on the altar. God is going to speak to me. He's saying, not at all. And there's a ram with his horns caught in a thicket of bushes. He couldn't work all that out. You can't work out what God is going to do in your future. This is the big barricade in decades of ministry that I have seen is Christians have a promise and it's not working out right now and they fall at the barricade of the promise. Do you know why? Because they take their eyes off the promise keeper and onto the promise. And the promise becomes an idol. Their whole identity is around that healing. Their whole identity is around that relationship. Their whole identity is around that career move or around that legal situation. Or their whole identity is that ministry. And so that becomes more important, the promise, than the promise keeper. And actually, all these other things pale into significance when it comes to the promise keeper. It's the Lord and our relationship with him that it's all about. Who'll say amen to that? That's what it's about. That's what it's about. Let me just throw up, if you could throw up there, uh, just say, this is just um, from one of the Bible movies. This is uh, the Abraham sacrificing his son Isaac on the altar. This is just to give you um, a movie version of it. You might dim the lights as well. Just takes three minutes. Isaac, 
must trust in God. Thank you. Just so you can throw up the PowerPoint there again. So that's, I just think it, it can help us. We're all living in a multi-screen environment. And uh, for all of us, we need to know. And we, it's good to see the scripture uh, put up on, on the screen as well. Let me, let me leave you with another thought, just one other angle on this. This wasn't cold turkey for Abraham. And God will never put you or me in a situation that we can't handle. And what an awful lot of people forget is that Abraham, to a small degree, had gone through this before. Because Abraham had another son. His name was Ishmael. And he really shouldn't have been born. And I won't go into all the complications of it. It was with another woman, though, whatever, it was complicated. But Ishmael had to, it came to a place where Ishmael and his mother couldn't live with Sarah, the mother of Isaac, and Isaac anymore. And God said to Abraham, Ishmael and his mother have to go. They have to leave this house. And while it was a different loss, Abraham had been through a loss before. And to some degree, he knew what it was to lose a son. Because we know in Genesis 21, 11, God said to Abraham, let your son Ishmael and his mother leave. I will look after them. So to a degree, God had prepared him. And what I would say to you as a postscript to what I've been sharing on today, whatever your challenge is this morning, whatever journey you're on and you're finding it difficult or you're really trying to make sense, I would say look into your history and see how has God prepared you up to now. Because if we honestly... Take a little bit of time and reflect, which people don't really do anymore today. But if we reflect, 
in our time with God, we'll see that to some degree the Lord has helped us and prepared us up to now. And so Abraham wasn't going into this cold turkey. And I would suggest that whatever any of us either are going through now or will go through, we're not going into a cold turkey. The Lord has been there before us and has been preparing us for it. Finally, getting back to what I'm looking at today, and that is trusting the promise keeper. What was really going on here? What was really going on was that God was bringing out the best in Abraham because God had his hand on his life and it was all about that relationship and what God would do in his life for the future. And that's whatever you're going through, that's what it's all about. It's about God's relationship with you and how the Lord can move you and can use you and can greatly bless you as he uses you. Amen? I like what the American um, preacher and author T.D. Jake says. God is reaching out for you. He's going to break down every barrier and wall until he touches you again. And sometimes those walls hurt and sometimes they take us way beyond our comfort zone. But the Lord will never bring you into a place that you can't handle. As long as this guy also said, I, re I says, I really like it. As long as you keep remembering, he is the primary, not the secondary. He is the primary, not the secondary. The Lord is more important. I love my wife with all my heart. But God is more important. He's my number one. She's my number two. Anyone say amen. How do you want a really successful marriage? And Praise God for Brian and Jenny and Will and Olive and all the other people celebrating wedding anniversaries at this time. How do you want it? It's a threefold cord, amen? It's Jesus Christ in the center. And when we put the Lord first, he'll give us an even greater love for our partner than anyone who doesn't have God in their lives would ever have. He is the primary, not the secondary. And he will break through every wall to connect with us. And some walls are being broken down here this morning. And some people are going through something and it's God is breaking down the wall. Sometimes we blame the devil and sometimes it is the devil. But can I suggest sometimes it's God. Yeah. Hallelujah. Sometimes it's God. And so, guys, to conclude, who are you trusting this morning? You're trusting in the promise or in the promise keeper? What I'm going to suggest is if you do have a promise, that thing, that big thing, everyone's got a thing. Everyone's a big thing. We all bring a thing in with us. Whatever it is, it's different for everyone, but we've all got one. How about we lay it on the altar this morning and say, Lord, here's that promise. I haven't seen it come to pass yet, but I'm going to keep my eyes on the promise keeper. You look after the promise. Now that is the mark of a true disciple of Jesus Christ. Because if we hang on to the promise, it can develop into something more important than, than who Jesus is in our lives, who God is. So we're going to sing um, 
song, I love the song, higher than the mountains that I face, stronger than the power of the grave, hallelujah, constant through the trial and the change, one thing remains, and I will never ever be afraid, hallelujah. So I'm going to give you the opportunity to lay your promise on the altar and to renew your vow to the Lord saying, I'm going to trust the promise keeper if things are going okay for you. But if you're really under pressure, you need to do it, guys. You really do. You need to say, here's the promise. I'm going to keep my eyes on the promise keeper. Let's stand. Can we throw up the words of our ministry song? The guys are going to lead us in it. And let's just take the last five or ten minutes of our meeting this morning and allow the Holy Spirit to move. Hallelujah. on the altar as it were is laying the questions we have we don't understand what's going on but God knows and by faith I accept that have you got a question have you got a promise whether things are good or bad if you have a promise will you put it in the palm of your hand and lift it up to the Lord this is the promise God has given you you may not have seen it come to pass yet I'm going to invite you to as it were come will physically come to the top and symbolically we're going to lay that promise on the altar just like Abraham did and we're going to ask that the Lord gives us strength to keep our eyes on the promise keeper let's sing the song again can I ask you to come to the top with your promise and on and on. hallelujah and on and on.
let's lift our hands to the Lord and lay the promise on the altar thank you Jesus that you have impressed on our hearts you have spoken to us and you have promised something to us but we stand in Grace Church McCurtain Street Cork this morning and we declare we will not allow this promise to become an idol in our lives can you say amen to that I didn't hear you all can you say amen to that hallelujah and so on the altar we lay the promise lift our eyes to the promise keeper and we ask you Jesus help us now to trust in you to walk by faith and not by feelings and help us through this trial, this test this journey Yinka could you move forward sister is this Yinka here, just move forward I feel the Holy Spirit would say Hallelujah. Kurabasa ba 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 